just keep being you. Welcome to the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Horlbogen. I'm on a mission to foster civility, respect, and integrity with a dash of sartorial elegance in the boardroom and beyond. And I invite you to join me on my quest. Never have to be like anybody else cause you're my favorite person when you're being yourself. A true original right from the start, straight from the heart, a great work of art, you stand apart. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm uh, very excited for my guest today, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about her before I introduce her. Uh, Today's guest is Melanie Borden, and Melanie has worked in various atmospheres from public tech companies to private startups, retail automotive, and now has established her own marketing consultancy, Melanie Borden, LLC. As a natural outgrowth of her work as a marketing executive, Melanie recognized the opportunities available to use online marketing strategies to build corporate and personal brands. She has successfully built her own brand and helped others to do so as well. She has been published or interviewed by Good Morning America, Daily Mail, Bloomberg, The Epic Times, Working Mother Media, Auto Remarketing, Hip New Jersey, New York City Biz List, Mega Dealer News, and more. Her expertise includes a full gamut of marketing oversight and implementation, such as budgeting, strategic use of vendors, enhancing digital footprints via social media, reputation management, online monetization, and building and managing advertising processes. Melanie provides marketing and branding consulting to both businesses and individuals as a resource for guidance, as well as an outsourced marketing department, depending on a client's needs and preference. You can also buy, well, Melanie is also a published author, and you can buy her book, Our Mommy Works With Cars, on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles, as well as several other online retailers. So now you know why I'm so excited to introduce you to my Fabulous female guest, uh, Ms. Melanie Borden. <laughs> Welcome, Thanks Melanie. Intro. Okay, now we're done. <laughs> <I'm roll. laughs> oh, no, no, no. You're not going anywhere. Missy. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Michelle. That is quite a resume, bio, backstory. Crazy. That's so great. Um, so why don't you start out telling us a little bit? I know, but let's talk about how we met. Let's talk about us for a minute. Yeah. So I can't, I, I found you, I'm not sure why, who found each other first. We, we connected as always with most of my guests on LinkedIn, right? Which is an amazing platform. And I started following your content, have learned so much about branding and marketing from you. Um, but why don't you start out, Melly? tell us a little bit about your, you know, your, the rest of your background, your, the rest of your story and how you came to be where you're at today. Okay, great. Thank you, Michelle. So I started my career in the auto industry back in 2009. Mm -hmm. And I have worked in, as you mentioned in my bio, in, in a couple different areas within the industry. And in 2020, when I was still working in automotive retail, and for those who don't know what automotive retail is, I was working in house at a dealer group on site on the corporate team as their VP of marketing. And essentially what I was doing at that time was running the in-house agency. I built and run the agency. 
So anything that an agency that you would imagine doing, I was doing it being supported um, by my team. I should say, actually, my team was being supported by me, <laughs> is really <laughs> how I should put it. Um, and so in 2020, before our world kind of got shaken up and things started changing, I was trying to find some ways to bring some value to the company that I was working at. And I thought, well, what if we started leveraging social media to not only build out the company and, and leverage you know, some of the paid media that we're doing with social, but what if we had the people who are dealing with our customers, our sales executives, actually out there posting and building their own brand. So I created this branding and, and social media training. Mm -hmm. It was really a workshop that I had put on prior to COVID to just really teach everyone that I was working with on how they could go to market. And at that point, my experience was not necessarily based on myself doing it for an individual. It was based on what I had learned working for businesses. And so I, I just transferred all of my knowledge that I had learned in marketing to individuals. And when I, and when I wasn't getting the buy-in that I was really anticipating, I, I ended up doing it myself. So in early January, and, and this is probably, we probably connected sometime, I would say the first half of 2020, Michelle, is when you and I connected. Right. And so I was just posting and, and, and creating the strategy for myself. And then the world kind of got flipped upside down. And so I ended up going working completely remote, which in the auto industry is very unusual mm -hmm. because most people in retail are working physically at the dealerships. Mm -hmm. So I was at home with both my children, like many of us in the world. I had at the time a kindergartner and a first grader. And I was also running my department from my kitchen table. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, in hindsight, when I think about it, I don't know how I did it, but I just figured it out. Like everybody else, we just kind of figured it out and we worked through it. So during that time, you know, there were a lot of layoffs in the company that I was working for. I would say about 90% of the company was laid off. Wow. But the auto industry has been turned upside down and flipped over a few times since this happened, like many industries throughout the world. And so... I really started thinking, well, what do I have to fall back on if for some reason my position gets eliminated? And that's really when I stepped it up to create this presence for myself on social. And that's, you know, coming full circle, that's really how you and I connected was probably like we were engaging on the same posts in the comments. Yeah. And then we ended up following each other and then we ended up chatting and messaging with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think you made some, um, really important points there. So first of all, as far as kudos to you, you from scratch created this social media department in this dealership organization, right? Like you, you from the ground up, which is, right. is daunting because I've, I did that myself for a nonprofit for development and fundraising, you know, built an entire portion of the company from nothing. It's a, I under, I feel that pain. And you also mentioned that you didn't get the buy-in you wanted. So you, you had to take the lead and do it first, right. To kind of right. set that, set the bar and say, if right. I can do it, you, you can do it. Right. Right. Exactly. And the two things that I, I really learned the most throughout the process 
of working with the sales team and also working on it myself is there are really two reasons why people are not taking the next step with creating their own online presence and as an individual. Mm-hmm. And it does transfer to businesses as well if they don't have someone who's knowledgeable and who understands right. you know, how to go to market. But with individuals, there's two reasons. They're afraid. They're afraid of making a fool of themselves. Yeah. They're afraid of not doing something correctly. They're just afraid. Mm-hmm. And the second reason is they don't know how. They might have the desire and they have the intent but they just don't know how to connect the dots together and take that next step to push them over the edge, to give them the confidence to start doing it. I agree with that 100%. I listened to a podcast yesterday by uh, the CEO of Refine Labs, Chris Walker. I think I sent you a link to one of his episodes. He puts out great content on marketing, but he, it was the whole episode was about employees encouraging their employees to go out there and create a personal brand. Now, I'll get into this later about what happened with my doing that, but um, it's it can really be basically free advertising and free marketing for the brand if it's done right, right? And if yeah. if the concerns are laid out and the parameters are set and everyone knows, you know, relatively what's what's acceptable, it's the trust factor too by the, by executives. Right. They're terrified to, you know, but like Chris said. People are posting on Instagram. People are posting on their Facebook. People are hanging out at the club, posting right. videos on TikTok, right? And that's that can be reflective of your brand if people... So better to have a concentrated effort to put it out there the right way. Right, exactly. Right? Exactly, 100%. And I think that it's... A lot of people look at a platform like LinkedIn as being just a place where you can look for a job. Mm-hmm. But I think we all can agree that COVID changed everything including the way that we are engaging on LinkedIn, because what happened? The whole world went home. The whole world was working from home for the most part. So when you're working from home, you don't necessarily have those colleagues that you're sitting next to in the cubicle or, you know, have the office next to. Now you have your colleagues who are different parts of the world who you're connecting with, like you and I, and, and you're interacting on a platform like LinkedIn, where, you know, for someone like myself, I personally didn't, get into Instagram and Facebook and Twitter the same way that I did with LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. because I just saw more of the opportunity with LinkedIn. Yeah. I think, I think I just read a statistic, like 3% of all registered users produce, put out content on LinkedIn. I think it it might be actually less than that, but if it is, yeah, I think if it is up to 3%, that's amazing because that means that there are so many more creators than there were even just a year ago. Yeah. But regardless, the opportunity is huge. And it particularly for, you mentioned earlier how the automotive industry took, a, I forgot how you put it, a major hit in multiple flips with COVID. Um, no right. one no one needed their car. Everyone was home. You could have groceries delivered. Right. I mean, I can't even imagine the impact on that industry. So how much more critical to get marketing and branding and your presence on social, interact with your customers and build that trust and build demand for your product. I mean, it's now or never. And that's what you specialize in. And that's what you specialize in. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and with the auto industry, you know, there is a way that things have always been done. And, you know, I'll give an example, a personal example, you know, I will talk to someone in my family who's very successful, who's done things a certain way for a very long period of time. And they did all of it without having to leverage, 
you know, anything online without utilizing social media. Mm-hmm. And I would say that within the industry, and I'm sure that there are many other industries that are similarly aligned with auto in the sense where you have a, a huge amount of business owners that have been extremely successful without having to adjust or adapt to mm-hmm. current times. But now what's happening is we have major players like Carvana who are, you know, coming into our space that are doing things differently. And the auto industry, you know, collectively as an industry, the retailers are not a huge fan of Carvana because of how they're doing business and because everything has transitioned, Mm -hmm. you know, so quickly with the way that they're doing business. And at the end of the day, dealer retailers will never go away. They're always, they'll always be there, but there are elements of how people are shopping today that are different than 30 years ago. So it's important, regardless of the business, regardless of the industry, that you're still showing up. So that way customers of today can find you and connect with you. And that's really the bottom line there. Yeah. I know my husband has a a patient he's had for years in the area. He had, I, I would say at one point, at least eight dealerships, eight lots. He's down to one yeah. I mean, this is like the point I'm like on the, the automotive mile is not far from us. And, um, it's just dealership after dealership after dealership. It's yeah. deadly to, it's deadly to drive down if you feel like you want a new car because it's so tempting, but, yeah. um, yeah, he's down to one. So, and I'm not, you know, I think he's fine. He's ready to retire, but it, it, it just goes to show. And again, like you mentioned, there are, there are executives that have been successful, especially not to sound ageist, I mean, I just turned 54, but older executives, right, that did not learn business right, based around a social media presence. Right. They've been very right. successful. However, like right. you said, it's a different world. It, it between is. the pandemic and quarantine and the online activity and social media, people shop in completely different ways now. People uh, you know, the, the different Gen, Gen Z, you know, they, there's the trust issues and all these things. So organizations need to educate themselves and Absolutely. take advantage of the type of services you offer to right. get that digital footprint for the company, right? Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, you don't have to go to a, a straight online model. You just have to be able to accommodate those. And that was really some of the messaging that I saw a lot of during that time when we were in quarantine is, you know, we can deliver your car to your home or you can come into the dealership. You know, you just want to be able to accommodate because everyone has different feelings and, mm-hmm. you know, different um, life experiences that are impacting how they're buying, no matter what it is. So you just want to be able to accommodate whoever it is. Right. It's like customer service, being creative with customer service and options for your ideal buyer. Right. So you talked about, um, you, why, you know, you, that you especially focused on LinkedIn. So share, share some of the progress of that, because I remember when you went viral on LinkedIn, it was like, Oh my word. And also how you landed on good morning America. You were on their, you know, their homepage. I know that was wild. That was So share that because some of my listeners, you know, might not know it's a great story. It was. I mean, the key thing with this whole experience that I have learned, and it's a life lesson, no matter what it is that you're doing, is to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And the way that I have learned how to grow an audience has really been from, you know, having the strategy, having the content and becoming consistent. And those are the three aspects that any executive 
or business owner or C-suite executive, whoever they are that's looking to put together a brand for themselves online. Those are really the key things. But I mean, I've learned so much about building a social audience, which I didn't have one before. And, you know, I, I was in the position where I was previously working, where I had vendors coming to me all the time and everyone was trying to sell me on everything. And when anyone would talk to me about organic social, I was very interested because obviously I would oversee and manage our paid social campaigns that we had running, mm -hmm. you know, um, the paid ads that you would see on Facebook and Instagram, um, and then later on LinkedIn. However, I would always say, if somebody is coming to me to talk to me about building out a social audience, it would be great to see what they've actually done for themselves. Mm. And a lot of times, especially in marketing, you don't find that the marketing team is in the limelight. It's typically the sales team that's mm -hmm. in, in front and center. And then they have the marketing team supporting them. And I just happen to, to work in marketing. So <laughs> taking that experience and just posting about it. And that, I mean, my journey has been, it's been fascinating. Last January, I had just under 3000 followers slash connections on LinkedIn. And now I have 89,000, which is so wild oh because it just, it just kept growing and growing and growing. Another lesson that I've really learned is that people are coming onto LinkedIn. You know, it is a business platform, mm -hmm. but people are going to learn. They want to learn more about mm -hmm. business. They want to learn about different industries. They want to learn to help themselves grow and then to apply it to their own business or to their own clients. Right. And that would be my recommendation for anyone who's thinking about developing a content marketing strategy for themselves is think about ways how you can help others and don't be afraid to share those, you know, the secrets, because at the end of the day, the only person that's in the kitchen cooking it is you, right? And no one else can cook it the way that you can cook it. I love that analogy because it's so true. Like you, the, um, I mean, there are, there are lots of great um, posts on LinkedIn by, I call them, you know, the LinkedIn influencers, which most of them are in a pod and they all comment on each other's things and they get these, you know, crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, it's one of my, one of my issues, but anyway, you know, they'll put like a, a inspirational quote and I love those. I, especially some days I really need inspirational quotes, but, yeah. but there's not, I mean, it's, 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 it's not really value added content. Like you said, right. you Right. You concentrate on being consistent, adding value to your readers or listeners or watchers, viewers, whatever. Um, and, and to just be authentic, that, that is what builds that momentum. Right. Right. Absolutely. And those inspirational posts are really great for getting followers and, 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 and inflating your numbers. Right. So it's good to have those, you know, specifically if you're, you know, you can use specific hashtags mm -hmm. in your post that we were talking about earlier, where you're attracting a specific audience. So it, it's not necessarily completely general, um, but I would definitely recommend doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so why do you think a LinkedIn presence and a, a personal online brand is so important? We've touched on it a little bit, but just like right. digging deeper to that. So I think it's important for, for a couple of reasons. And, you know, last week I had the opportunity of going back to the school that I graduated from, which I know you and I talked a little bit about. I saw that. It was amazing. <laughs> it was so cool. 
Um, so I went to the Fashion Institute of Technology and anyone listening is like, how did she go from going to FIT to the car business? <laughs> and like everybody, it was an accident. So many people get into the car business on accident. I was one of those people. Um, but I went back to speak. There's a, um, a degree at FIT called Advertising and Marketing Communications. And I had connected with the professor who um, runs the program at FIT through LinkedIn last year. Mm -hmm. And he said, when the world opens up, I want you to come and talk to my students about, you know, building a social presence on LinkedIn and, and how that will help them catapult their careers into the future. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, while we were, you know, going through the process of, you know, talking to the students, you know, the thing that I told them is that you can really create whatever narrative that you want to create about yourself online. Mm -hmm. If you just have a strategy and then you create the content to support it. And like my example I had used earlier, I was very nervous. I'm a single mom. I just bought a house. You know, I was like, oh my God, what if my position gets eliminated and I don't have an online presence? Mm -hmm. How do people find out about me? How would a recruiter look for me? Mm -hmm. You know, someone in HR, what would they see when they do a search for me? Right. So I think as, you know, individuals, as parents, you know, as, as women, we, we want to definitely have some sort of an online presence as something that we can fall back on. Because it's very important that if you are good at what you do, that it is out there, especially if you get put into a situation where, you know, what do you do? If you lose your job, what do you do? What's the next step? Mm -hmm. So that was really, that's something for me, just as, you know, being a, you know, strong, independent woman <laughs> that I try to present to my children as well is, you know, what do you do just in case? Just like as I was growing up, my parents always told me, save up for a rainy day. Right, right. So this is the rainy day, but it's online now within the internet. And so it's very important that you have some of that out there. Mm -hmm. And and like I said, you can control that narrative. You make the decision to create an online presence. You make the decision, well, what is my goal? And what, what do I want from having this online presence? Mm -hmm. And then what is that content strategy that I'm going to utilize to create it? And it doesn't happen overnight. It takes no. time. Mm -hmm. It does take time. But the good news is that there are so many people that you can follow on social media who can teach you how to do it just by watching what they do. Yeah. Yeah. You've made some really, some excellent points, um, Melanie. I think um, the self-preservation factor, like you said, as a single mom um, in an industry, you know, when the pandemic hit, you said 90% of the yeah. team was let go or laid off. Oh, right. That's like terrifying, right? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think including um, my team. So it was just me. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and then, so then you add the extra work factor put on you because now you've lost your team due to the pandemic, right? right? There's a whole, yeah. And I think, so I know you follow um, Heather Monahan too. I think I've seen yes. you. Yeah. So Heather that. has a very, um, if, if anyone isn't you know aware of Heather's story, she was had made it to the C-suite and chief revenue officer. There was a change in leadership and the woman that got in above her had it out for her, had her head on the chopping block and she fired yeah. her. And thankfully, a few years earlier, Heather had started her own personal brand online, which yeah. is one of the issues this 
the CEO replacement had with her, you know, there was the, maybe we should talk about that too, the envy, the jealousy, whatever, all that stuff. But Heather, you know, she knew she was compliant with everything and she, and that actually saved her because she had a couple of years of building that under her belt and is now an, you know, successful entrepreneur because she had her foot, her digital footprint out there and her earned media. And she had, so I think, I think it's the, you know, the job market, the employment industry, whatever you want to call it is changed forever. Right. Because of the pandemic. So if this now is the time, right, to start, like you said, building your personal brand as a safety net. The Gentleman Boss podcast has been named top 20 best month reporting podcasts of 2021 by Welp Magazine, number 36 of 200 in top entrepreneurship podcasts by Podchaser, and top 20 best whistleblower podcasts for 2021 by CastBox Media. For sponsorship opportunities, please visit our website at thegentlewomanboss.com. And, and, and take advantage, like you said, follow people like right. Melanie. My listeners follow and find Melanie on LinkedIn. Follow her. She puts out amazing, especially her video content. She's like the best at these little video clips. And you. <laughs> yeah, you're just very inspiring. And you also mentioned the work involved. Yes. So yeah. let's talk about that a little, like the commitment and the discipline to. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's funny because I didn't, until executing an op for myself, I really had no idea how much work it was going to be to the point where it, it's a, it's a full-time job. Yeah. I mean, it is. And that's why you see so many people who have teams that support them that help with engagement mm-hmm. and they help with their content strategy and they help with everything to make it easier. So that executive or the business owner, whomever it is, can do the things that they focus on and that mm-hmm. they can excel in and then they have their team supporting them but it definitely it definitely requires a huge amount of not only time but it also requires you know a a tremendous amount of thought Mm -hmm. and planning Mm -hmm. and so for someone like myself who doesn't have a lot of time (laughs) (laughs) I had to figure this out so that way I wasn't going to be spending like 10 hours a day focusing on it yeah. And so it, it, it comes back to routines. And it's something that I talk a lot about with everyone who knows me is I have a routine for everything. And I pretty much have a strategy for everything. And it might be because I'm a mom, because us moms, like we just have this way of, and, and not just moms, all women for that matter. Women just are better planners. Mm-hmm. We are better at strategy, better no communicators. <laughs> And communicators. I know a few guys that are listening. You're like, yeah, you know, you're right. Um, but for the most part, there it's it's definitely something that requires it requires thought. It requires a tremendous amount of planning. Mm-hmm. And and once you can kind of connect those dots, it becomes a lot easier. And a lot of people will say to me, well, Melanie, well, how much time do we need to spend on LinkedIn? And what are we supposed to be doing when we're on LinkedIn? Um, for someone who doesn't want to post content, I would say spend at least 15 to 30 minutes a day mm-hmm. commenting and engaging on other people's posts, specifically your potential clients or those who you find to be aligned with yourself in a similar industry 
or an industry that you're aspiring to get into because other people who are following them are probably within that same industry. Mm-hmm. And then they'll start following you back, even if you're not doing, you know, a full on content strategy. And then in terms of, you know, if someone does want to post the content and they do want to be able to um, build their brand through content marketing on a social platform like LinkedIn and everything that you do with LinkedIn can also be uh, aligned with other platforms as well, like mm-hmm. an Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. It's just a different platform, mm-hmm. but all these principles go to whatever platform you want to focus on. Right. Um, I would say, you know, spend for, for a long period of time, I would spend probably two hours a day mm-hmm. in the evening. So some people are watching Netflix or they're, you know, doing other things, you know, even if you have Netflix on at night, open up your laptop and start planning out the content that you mm-hmm. want to put together, mm-hmm. start it for a week, then you could do for a month, you know, as there are great templates online, I can even send you a great template that I've created um, for my clients. It's just hard for um, multiple individuals to download it mm-hmm. because of security, because it's an Excel spreadsheet. Right. But being able to be organized and, and have that time set aside, you know, I would say at least if you're serious about really building something, I would say two hours a day would yeah. be the amount of time commitment. And then you also, within that time, can factor in what kind of photos you want to use. Um, another question that comes up a lot with a lot of my clients, they'll say, I don't really want that same kind of attention. I'm not really looking to utilize mm-hmm. pictures of myself. Right, right. Well, you can use stock photography. Adobe is a great resource that has stock photos. It's something that you have to pay for. Um, I think it's probably, I can't remember how much it is, maybe $20, $30 a month where you can get access to all kinds of content. Mm -hmm. But photos and videos, whatever kind that they are, really resonate well Mm -hmm. on a social site like LinkedIn and they convert. So you don't always have to use photos of yourself. You could use other types of photos. And I've seen plenty of people that we both follow who don't use any photos and they have great engagement because they Mm -hmm. position themselves as more of a thought leader without that. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, what you mentioned something about other platforms too, it's great is once you say, say you choose LinkedIn as your, uh, your core platform and you start creating content that can be recycled to your other, to other social media platforms. So there's, you know, reels on Instagram, you can do a 30 second, uh, whatever it is, you know, a clip from something you've done. Being a podcast guest is great. It gives you tons of, um, and I, and back to that about the hesitancy for people to put themselves out there. Um, uh, many times like C-suite executives, you know, they're, they're more used to maybe speaking at a conference or being on a panel with a group of their peers where it's more in person, which is lovely. And we miss that tremendously, but the the reality now is, is this kind of stuff, podcasts, Zoom, recorded Zooms, Facebook lives, all those online resources. Absolutely. And it's so true. It's so true. You can take a 30 minute interview and especially you can pick, I don't know, 15 to 30 pieces of content just Mm -hmm. from one interview that you can just have as audio. Yeah. You can utilize like little clips of video. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are so many ways that you can create content from exactly what you're saying. 
So I'm curious with, with your clients and um, those, you know, organiz- organizations you're working with. So we're both pretty much um, like, we're going to figure out a way to do it. Right. I think we both have that sort of personality. Like, I don't know how the heck to do audio, but I'm going to figure out how to things like that. Right. But it went in the people that you've, you know, the executives, um, senior, you know, people you interact with, how, how rare is it to understand how all these things work in the background? In other words, how to, like how to host a podcast, how to pull audio clip out of a video. Like to me, that's, I just know I've taught myself how to do it and I know, but is that like rare to just know that? Or is it? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You, you, I would say that you definitely know more than most, I would say, because the, the, the online community and all the different technologies and tools and applications that we can use, unless you've been really focusing on it, or even if you have a team that focuses on it, most people don't know. Yeah. I would say that most people don't know how to do that. Yeah. So those are, and those are all services you offer that you can help with, right? Like training, like do you offer training for teams on how to break down content, things like that. Is that part of your repertoire? Yeah. One of the things that I love doing, just even based on my experience of working with the teams that I've worked with in the past is being able to train and empower executives and individuals on, on how to create their own online brand and giving them the tools that I didn't have. I had to learn everything by what I'll say, trial and terror. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what it is. Sometimes. Yeah. Oh God. Trial and terror of social. That's, that's going to be the name of our book that we're going to co-write together. Oh, that so. sounds fantastic. <laughs> oh, I have t- lots of stories I could add to that. Let me tell you, but <laughs> yeah. So I think that, um, Speaking of trial and terror, um, what's the most important risk you've taken in your career and why? Definitely starting my own business has been the most important risk that I've taken in my career. Now, something I should also mention to you and your listeners is that I did attempt to do this about six years ago. Oh, you did? Seven years ago. Yes but I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. I wasn't. When my daughters were both babies, I thought, well, I'm going to do consulting and this is going to be something that I can do where, and I just, I wasn't ready. I had the clients, but I wasn't ready to scale it. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. was just, my kids were so young. It just wasn't the right time for me. It wasn't, and it wasn't the right time in my life. Mm -hmm. And so the biggest part of me going out on my own, I think was just having the courage to do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm a very confident person. Um, I find that I am always, you know, representing who I am to the best way that I possibly can in everything that I do. Mm -hmm. But because just like everyone, we have financial responsibilities. And I would say that that was, it wasn't the confidence of being able to do it. It was, you know, my boyfriend, Adam said to me, when we were talking about this over the summer, because I really wanted to start my own business. And it's something that I've been wanting to do for a few years. Mm -hmm. And he said, Mel, what are you so afraid of? And I was just like, what do you mean? What am I afraid (laughs) of? And he's like, what are you afraid that's going to happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? You learn from the experience. He was like, you need to have a conversation with yourself and you need to decide what it is that you're afraid of and you need to overcome it and you need to do this. 
And so I did just that. Yeah. It was, so he was a cheerleader for you. That's he awesome. Was, yeah. He is definitely my cheerleader. Awesome. Although sometimes awesome. I think he's probably like, oh my God, stop asking me business questions. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely is. And then, you know, it's important because I feel I'm raising two girls by myself. And I think it's very important for them to see everything that I'm doing and to see that I'm doing it alone. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that it's important for them just as girls growing up to know that there are not limitations and you can overcome anything that you think that's holding you back. You can overcome it. Absolutely. It's very empowering for them. It's very yeah. empowering. I, I, okay. I have that same motivation. I'm a, um, I have a daughter. Well, she's older, she's 19, but yeah, I mean, even when I got fired from my job, I was in a really bad place, really bad. And then one day I woke up and I was like, she's watching me. Yeah. Like, like I, I have to turn this around and teach her like, you know, be the Phoenix rising from the ashes so that, because you you know, they're all going to hit that roadblock someday. We all hit it at some point where you just, you just, everything falls off from underneath you. And, you know, it may be a long time before they can actually see the lesson, but you know, if we teach them that they can draw strength from our example. Absolutely. And if I had little boys, it would be the same thing. I mean, I think both girls and boys, I think it's important for them to have strong role models in their life, whether they're men or women. Right. And if they're our boys to teach them to respect the woman that's coming up and coming up, coming up in power. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, too funny. So, um, if, if you could turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell her? Oh, my 18 year old self. Well, first of all, I would say that my 18 year old self would be rolling over that I'm not living in New York City anymore. Oh, <laughs> that's the first thing. Um, but my 18 year old self, I would, I would say, you know, whatever you think in your gut when you're in a situation, you're probably right. There have been so many times that I have second guessed my gut. And I never should have. Mm -hmm. And that I think would be one of the lessons that if I could go back in my little time machine to, to say to Melanie circa, you know, 18 years old to say, trust your gut, whatever the situation is, if it's with friends, if it's with potential jobs, you know, coworkers, you know, opportunities, if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. Yeah. I agree. And especially that can even translate into personal uh, relationships. A lot of times we, when we're young, we don't have the life experience. We haven't built our confidence and we may think like it's now or never, this is the one, but do not ignore those red flags, right? Keep like, trust your guy. I agree with that so much. As a matter of fact, when I took the job I was fired from, I had two weeks earlier accepted a position with another company and I was in the onboarding I was already in that process with them. And then the HR director from the other contacted me, wanted to go for lunch and offered me a position. And like deep, deep, deep down, I just had that. "Mm," And I wish I had listened to it because honestly, I would have spared myself a lot of heartache, but, um, you know, it's whatever. We all make decisions for different reasons. And there was a familiarity there. I had worked for the company before I missed a lot of the people. So it was like, I, I tried to be real. I was trying to be super positive and super it's, it's there's one thing f- about being positive, but this it's another thing to ignore your gut feeling, right? right? Exactly. That's not about positive. That's trust no. your womanhood. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so important. And I think sometimes we second guess our decisions for whatever, you know, outside reasons that mm-hmm. there could be, but I would always say, trust your gut. Yeah. Yeah. I would tell my 18 year old self the same thing. So Melanie, you wrote a book called our mommy works with cars. Right? I did. And I did. can you tell us a little bit about the, the story of that and, and how you know what it meant to your girls? Absolutely. So, you know, alongside of, you know, building a social media audience last <laughs> year, you know, I was like many, you know, a little distraught and distracted by everything that was happening, you know, just from the news to, you know, everything going on in the world with COVID. Yeah. And I had my children with me pretty much 24 seven for a long period of time, which <laughs> was great. And and there were certain moments where I was like, how is this happening? (laughs) But for the most part, it was a really great experience. And one of the things that I thought would be really fun for me to do with them is to create a children's book about what I do for work. And, you know, my kids are always trying to learn about, you know, what mommy does. And when I was working in the dealership, they would come to the office with me. They would come in with me on Saturdays. We had a candy bar in the service lounge. The girls love, of course, they love the candy bar. They would dance around the showroom and everyone paid them so much attention because they were little kids at the dealership while everyone was working. Right. And so our mommy works with cars is really the story of, you know, my girls, so to speak, going into this fictional dealership Mm -hmm. where there are women who are working in every different department because so many people don't realize that there are so many women that work in dealerships, whether they're working in service as a technician, they're working as a receptionist, they're working as a general manager, Mm -hmm. they're working as a service manager, they're working as a business development manager. There are women that are in different roles and I really wanted to be able to celebrate some of those roles within the story of the book. And now it's funny, my older daughter, who's gonna be eight next month, she wants to write her own children's book now. So, and it's creating, she loves creative writing and she's really getting into it. She, you know, for Hanukkah, she wants a laptop and she's just very much, yeah, she's very much into it now. So it's creating, you know, it was something that impacted her life and mine. And it's something that we'll always remember, um, you know, that we created this book together. They, when I was writing it, uh, they were there with me. We were kind of talking through those Mm -hmm. different that we would encounter when we would go into the store together. Oh, I love that. It's almost like a, a time capsule for the, for the time, right. That you spent, yeah. like you said, 24 seven, pretty much being in lockdown together, but kind of creating this beautiful family heirloom from it. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, it's very cool. And so last year I read the book to my daughter's kindergarten class and each, you know, each of them are very excited to show their friends the book that mommy wrote that they, you know, helped me with. Yeah. And it's just, it's a, it's been a great experience. Yeah. That, and I love the illustrations. They're very fashionable. I love, love, well, love. I used a fashion illustrator that I found on Instagram. She was wonderful. Yeah. I love it. Originally the character was going to be in New York. And mm-hmm. so it had more of a New York vibe, but then I created something that was more, um, realistic to my current life and experiences, mm-hmm. but I did use a little fashion photographer as an ode to FIT. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that, that little connection in there. It's so funny how, um, are the things we experience in life, whether it's education, um, where our residence is, uh, just life experience, how it, 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 it threads through our future and it, it can surface in so many ways. You know, like you said, you tied in your yeah. education at FIT with the fashion thing. Yeah. That's, it's kind of neat. So yeah. lots of beautiful threads running through your life right now. Very creative and exciting for you. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. So I have a question I'd like to close out with my uh, guests, Melanie. And it's what quality of a gentlewoman do you think is most important to emulate and why? So I love this question. Thank I really you. do. Because I feel like it ties very much into leadership as well. And, and what I would say is the quality is be a mensch. And in mensch is a Yiddish word mm -hmm. and you be a humble person, you know, be somebody who that can be admired by others and that someone would want to emulate and that you have noble character. And I think as leaders in general, this is something that, that you, you know, that you emulate as well when you are in leadership position. So I think the best way to be, you know, a gentlewoman would be being a mensch. So is it, can you spell it for me? I don't. Uh, yeah, it's M-E-N-C-H. That's what I thought. Okay. I, was I think not... that's right. I think that's the right way of spelling it. Well, I'll look it up before I put it in the podcast notes, but that's a beautiful, so it's a Yiddish expression you said. So yes. being a humble servant with a noble goal right. sort of thing, that's beautiful. Right. right, exactly. And I think that that's a great way to be in life. And, mm. and, and being humble and, you know, being a certain way where others would say they would aspire to, you know, act that way as well. I love that. It's beautiful. You taught me a new word too. I've got a few of those. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure many of my listeners will know it, but I love, I love etymology too, especially like a, um, words that are another language or, but yet they translate into like you know, English vernacular. I just love that kind of thing. So that's a, that's beautiful. Thank you. So, um, okay. So where can people find you? How should they reach out to you? Um, you know, give us all that scoop. Okay, great. So, um, anyone can find me on social media, Melanie Borden on LinkedIn, Melanie Borden, LLC on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I think it's M Borden LLC on Twitter. And you could also contact me through my website, which is melanieborden.llc.com. Mm -hmm. And that would be the best way to connect with me. Great. And I forgot to mention uh, for my listeners, Melanie just relaunched her beautiful new website, Melanie Borden LLC, um, which it was, you had, a, we've had a website all these years, but she just gave it a complete redesign. It is so beautiful. I just saw today on LinkedIn, the colors uh, were inspired by a 1970s wall art piece that she has hanging in her home, which is gorgeous. Yes. Thank it's you. Blue and gold. It's so elegant. And it, she just, you have such a beautiful aesthetic. So check out her website too. There's uh, things you can eat, ebooks you can download, all kinds. She offers all kinds of great, um, you know, very reasonable too, things you can download to help step up your marketing game. And then you can also get in touch with her there. 
Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, it's been such a pleasure to finally be fit. Well, I Zoom, know Zoom face to face with you. I know. It's we'll have to do like the real in person. The next time I'm like in New England area, we'll have to meet up for a drink or for dinner. Or I would love, love, love that. Yes. I would love it. Yeah, we'll make it happen. And um, yeah, so for my listeners, I'll put all the notes um, in all the information in the podcast notes for you and um, make sure you go find her and follow her and give her all the love. She's a great, fearless, innovative powerful, confident female leader who supports other women. She's been an amazing support to me. You know, I'm all about that. So thank you to our guest, Melanie, and to my listeners, and I'll see you um, soon for the next episode. Take care. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Gentlewoman Boss podcast. Please remember to download my podcast so you can listen whenever and wherever you'd like. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much if you've already done so. It really does help with ratings and distribution of the show. I also invite you to email me if you'd like to share your story or if you have a question you'd like answered on an upcoming episode of the show. Just visit thegentlewomanboss.com and click on the contact tab at the top to email me. You can also follow me on social media at Gentlewoman Boss. And if you prefer to watch podcasts rather than just listen to the audio version, my episodes are also uploaded on my YouTube channel in video format as well. Click subscribe and when new episodes drop, they'll show up in your YouTube feed. It's super easy. So until next time, remember, always choose to be the gentlewoman or gentleman in the room. I'll see you soon for the next episode of the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast.